to open my big stupid mouth last week, didn't I? And talk about how great it is to be out of lockdown and we're reaping the rewards for that. Well, guess what? I'm currently recording this from lockdown again in Melbourne. Granted, it's only a five-day, what do they call it? It's um like a stopper lockdown. The idea is that there's a particularly uh, contagious, ver- contagious version of the uh, virus now in Australia. And if they locked the, the state down, then they should be able to get a, a hold of it. And it looks like they have. But um, what it has reminded me too is just to be thankful for um for for everything. Essentially, this is me wanting to say thank you to anyone that has written in and and said thanks for um the podcast and how it's it's been a bit of a companion for you during these lockdowns and stuff. It, like for me, it it really has because it keeps me focused on a project too. So I, I absolutely get as much if not more out of it hopefully you know than um than what you do um and it kind of leads me on to the second point which is there's actually been a lot of people writing in recently and I, I promised myself that I would always write back to everyone but the internet being as it is and me being as I am there's like six different ways that people can write to us so there's the Facebook there's Instagram there's Twitter there's direct through our website and then there's direct through our fireside website and then there's my email directly and then there's probably another couple i don't know text whatsapp there's loads of stuff happening constantly so what i really want to say is first of all thank you to people that have written in and if i've missed you or i haven't replied to you in the last two weeks let's say let's say in the last two weeks give me a shout again it's not i'm I'm not ignoring you I'm, i'm guessing it's just falling through the gaps um because it's so nice being able to have, have conversations back and forth. So thank you for those messages. And really, I, I don't want to be missing any of them. Um, have any of you listeners listened to Hidden Ground, the the album by Paddy Glacken and Jordan Jackson that came out in the 80s? Now, I can guarantee if you've listened to this album, you're smiling at the minute. Well, if you like it, because it's so bloody good. I guarantee also there's a whole swear of people that are hearing me say this and are shaking their heads going, nope, not for me, not for me. And then there's the rest who haven't. So if you're in the category of people who haven't, go and check it out. There is a link to the full album online, but you can pick up secondhand copies of it around because I just got one and it was worth every penny. Uh, so this album was made in the early 80s, but it's not overly traditional and like i wouldn't be a traditionalist i'm a i'm a novice if i'm anyist so i really like hearing all different parts of what was going on and what, what was happening but this particular album like i was just looking at the liner notes so you've got the instrument used and you have uh paddy glacken fiddle and then under that you've got joylin jackson cello bazooki mandola mandolin dobro guitars bass, harmonica, baron, keyboards, synthesizers, the RAP, Odyssey, and the Polymoog, tambourine, whistles, and recorders, and then as a section for percussion, for bottles, and for bass after that. This album is a treat. Even just looking at the front cover of it, it's. I think I'm just going to have to post a link to the YouTube version of it because it's, it's so good. But what made me think of all this, so being lockdown happened again and I was kind of feeling like 
or well anything that I had on, on the cards as in what I needed to do was taken away so I had this time again to go right I'm just going to spend a bit of time making music and someone had mentioned about playing along to a drone which anyone that is a long time listener to the podcast will understand I, I love that idea right so I took out that small little synthesizer that I have and I stuck it on and I put on a drone in in D and I think I hit a D on it and then I put on whatever um, envelopes I had to get it to kind of feel kind of granular and then I put in a small bit of A that would just kind of fluctuate in there every now and again as like in a part of a polyrhythm and this is the first time I've ever done something like this so I just set that up had it coming through my hi-fi and then I sat on the couch and I had my banjo and I had my fiddle and just in the key of D played pretty much every tune that I know in in D and on on the on the banjo and then had a good old crack at all the tunes I know on the fiddle and it was just it was so nice it was just really really nice probably about halfway through it too because I realized it was really working well from a practice perspective for me just something was clicking I put on a um I've got like a little drum machine and I just put on a very light drum in the background with a little bit of snare to kind of give it a bit of syncopation a bit of a feel and just played along with that to kind of force me into playing in time now I know these are I have these kind of epiphanies all the time about music and 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 my learning curve and I always feel like they're so they're so simple rudimentary things but I've found them very late and maybe there's other people like me so playing with a drone really really helped me particularly in the fiddle with understanding intonation and feel and having something that was kind of like a bed behind me allowed me to to kind of forget myself a bit more if that makes sense so I could I could just feel the music a bit more having the metronome or a little bit of a beat in the background is just that's good practice etiquette anyway it's just to be practicing with the metronome but that really kind of having that set up in, in my room and just letting it play and letting to play with it and knowing that it's kind of there's a bit of creativity happening there too I suppose it's practice and you're being creative in the moment as well so that that was really nice and that had me thinking about this kind of the Paddy Glacken record had just arrived in the post the other week so I've been playing a bit of that and then I was thinking about lockdowns and all of the the madness that I'm sure a lot of people are getting involved in and experimenting with things and um I also knew that what we had this week's guest lined up, which in a in a strange way kind of fits in exactly what I'm talking about here, and this is what I think it is. So this week's guests are Maka, so Maka are Nisha, Sursha, and Kira Carty, and I don't know maybe some of you may be aware of them already through their Facebook presence, which is certainly where I found out about them. And um, what I really liked about that is just their they kind of took on the the COVID beast head on and decided they were going to do a series of online free gigs pretty much every Saturday night. The three of them are in their, in their house and they've got their gear set up. And when I say gear, it's full kind of like stage pre- uh, gear. You've got microphones, DIs, um, pickups on the guitars, barons. It's the full, the full works. And they live stream and they go on. And I know lots of people have done live streaming. But what I really like about what Maka have done is you'll get from this interview straight away. This is 
they're so laid back incredibly genuine and because they're really tight right they're sisters so they've got a, a natural chemistry which they don't try and dress up they don't try and shy away from they just kind of lean into it and and have fun when i first saw them uh, the live stream had just started and all three <laughs> of the ladies were on their mobile phone they were kind of going check, like hey hey johnny how you going mary how are you just coming in and i was like oh that's nice like at least there's a few people they're kind of like i'm messaging them and back and forth but it was bigger than that it's like that they've got probably thousands if not hundreds of thousands of fans across the across the world who are sending them messages and instead of shying away from that and doing just like a, a two camera ignore everything else they, they're not they're addressing where they are what's going on the lockdown having a bit of crack bit of banter that's really inviting as a viewer particularly i think you're in the middle of lockdown you're you're looking at your your screen you're looking to feel like you're connected to something and i really enjoyed what maka put together in in, in that regard it's kind of again it's one of those kind of aha moments for me i don't know what it is for everyone else but it's so simple that it works like that it's the simplicity of it that makes it work it's the yeah of course it's they're in their in their house it's a live stream there's no worries and graces it's just it is what it is it's great crack top quality music goes for an hour if you're messaging in there's a real good chance someone's gonna pick up on your message and end up chatting back with you uh i think though in speaking during this interview we've probably missed the boat for those live ones for a while because they're working on some bigger stuff um there's one big gig coming up which i'll speak about at the end of the podcast which is for the irish music magazine anyhow um so that's really the introduction for today um as always this is the call out for uh, people to become patrons uh thank you to the people that went across since last week's episode we had two new patrons since then so that's bloody brilliant thank you so much for that um we will get back to you all with your patron saint names in the coming weeks if this is the podcast you think you might actually become a supporter please do head over to patreon.com forward slash balani pilgrims there's a two dollar episode there's a four dollar episode there's a ten dollar episode if you want to go lower than that by all means type in something lower if you want to go more than that by absolutely all means go higher than that but um as i've said it is um it's why this podcast gets made each week is because we've got supporters that can actually pay us for the for the work that needs to go on in the background to get it done so thank you so much to our patrons um if you cannot afford it or you're just not in a position to afford it that's totally chill that's grand and it's always the way um we had a mind for this podcast to work so just i don't know share it about tell a friend write a review give us a couple of stars on itunes i don't know leave a review on itunes whatever any, anything like that absolutely helps right so that's enough from me i'll catch you at the other end here comes maka enjoy Ready? Okay, we're going to start again. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yo. Maka, welcome to the Blarney Pilgrims podcast. How are you? Good, good. Thank good. you so Thanks much for having, having us. So we've got Sersha, Nisha and Kira Carties. I pronounced all those names correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. All right. Well, lovely. I think I'd like to maybe start at the beginning. So um, how did you three meet? I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> We get asked that a lot. It was an unfortunate coincidence uh, in the hallway one day. And, uh, <laughs> awkward running. Yeah. From from musical perspective, like when when did music come into your lives? Actually, sorry, let me start what I normally ask at the very beginning. You had me excited. What did we just hear? Oh, um, that was a track off our new album called Devil's Den. And um, we wrote about um, a time that we were out in Florida and we went to this cave and we went, uh, this, this cave and we went uh, snorkeling in it. So it was just um, a real unreal experience. Yeah, it was so one of those experiences. And then we were like, let's just let's write, just write a tune. tune about it. Yeah. Very cool, Dave. Very cool. Very cool, Dave. <laughs> I have a few questions about Florida, all right? I, uh, I spent not a lot of time, but a fair bit of time over there in like maybe it was 2017 or 2018 anyway we'll get to that what i would what i would like to go back to we could have met you out there we were over there at the time well really is that when you were there yeah we went over in 2018 i think it was. Yeah. yeah and then we just came home there last march so nearly a year ago ah. yeah i uh i worked in so i for my, my real job i work in advertising and f- the funny thing is the kind of advertising I work in is, well, I call it experiential or kind of innovative, interactive advertising. And what we actually got into was building interactive kids' playgrounds. Very nice. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Because, you know, if kids, are, if kids are happy and their carers are happy and they're spending more time in shopping centers, well, then they spend more money. So a lot of big shopping centers spend, spend a lot of money on these, on playgrounds. They do it anyway. So parents or guardians spend more time in shopping centers and one of the really big jobs that we did was in um did you did you ever go to a place called florida mall yeah 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 yeah. yeah so i lived pretty much in florida mall for oh, it was nearly two months in the end in like i'm talking like lived in the hotel in the mall came downstairs <laughs> into the mall and back and forth every day for two months while we built this thing and put it together it was uh quite the experience so I think where so you were in Disney World is that right yeah we were out in Orlando in Disney World yeah for about I think it was a year and a half altogether that's a long time yeah it was <laughs> well considering it was only meant to be like six weeks so what took you over there in the first place um well it kind of all it's it's kind of one big long story really because it kind of ties into the whole rail to august Guelta thing and we you know changed it, our name then we had, yeah it it um we got that opportunity after doing that so it, it's kind of just been like one long you know um experience after the other you know yeah. it's just they all kind of ran into each other yeah. like once we won that um tg Carra rail to august Guelta, we were approached then by the people over in disney saying look we've been watching you for a while do you want to come out over and do like two weeks in um in march for patties and this was in like i think it was july or august or something like that and then it two weeks ended up becoming a nine-month contract so we left in september and came home then in june that later on the next year so it was just it was just crazy and then we got offered the second contract so we spent a fair bit of time out there 
All right. I think there are, we're go, if we go this way, we're going to skip so much. So I am going to go and do the thing that I said I would do at the start. I'm going to start at the start because, as you said, if it, it, it me reading about you, I definitely got the impression that it is one kind of upwards trajectory story. So I think I do need to go back to the beginning. <laughs> okay, perfect. So how did music enter your family like do you come from a musical family first of all no not particularly well to be honest nobody would have taken it as as seriously as us and now that's not very serious to be honest but <laughs> um, but i don't think anybody i uh, w- thought of pursuing a career in it anyway and um, like it don't like you know like every family they pick up an instrument somebody picks up something you know i'm sure a there few was singers, or whatever, singers but and the likes but it wasn't until serious. It wasn't until like, you know, I, I decided to pick up guitar and then, you know, I was always a singer and then Nisha picked up the violin, Kira picked up the flute. Uh, we started on classical, moved on to traditional because there was more um, you leniency, know, kind of yeah, more creativeness yeah, with yeah, the exactly. traditional that we felt that but, wasn't as strict. Um, like like everything that Irish children do, you know, the only reason that it did turn into a band is because your mommy told you so. Um, so... <laughs> Like, you know, uh, they would bring us to sessions and uh, force us to perform together. Ah, Uh, Well, it wasn't more so a force, but, you know, when you don't have the confidence and we were very bad back then, like we were. I suppose we really did need our parents to kind of give us a push and have a bit of confidence to perform in front of people. I have no doubt that we would like we there was no way we would be a band here today if it wasn't for them kind of um, supporting us like 100 percent. But like were they listening to a lot of um, traditional music around the house? Um, we've always had a very strong Irish influence in the house. Like, even though our, um, you know, mums and dads' family doesn't have a, um, they're not deep set in Irish traditional music, yeah. but uh, Keela have always been going through the house. You know, Woman's Heart album has always been on play. Even ones, the likes of the Cranberries and stuff like that, the Coors, all of them, yeah. all these Irish artists mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily Irish music, you know, they might have, you know, rock hints to them or whatever. They've always been playing through the house. So we've always had this deep appreciation for Irish artists anyway. I think that's why we find it so hard to put a genre on ours because we're kind of just yeah. taking aspects from everyone. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. There, was, there was a huge mix of genres playing throughout the house when we were growing up. Like we were kind of exposed to it all because mum yeah. and dad had such it's, variant it's, tastes. Yeah, it's funny though when you think of it because like neither of them were, were performers or, or players no. or anything, um, but they did have this appreciation for Irish music, which I, I've kind of come to learn that is not in every house household yeah. you know surprisingly, so yeah. it's surprisingly enough it's not in every mm-hmm. household so we were um you know growing up with all this kind of music that uh that we didn't realize was kind of you know a, a bit of a yeah. niche yeah yeah i suppose so did mom or dad play an instrument at all or neither play um mom played piano when she was like really young and, and, that, and a bit of guitar but like i don't think dad's serious. ever touched an instrument um <laughs> Yeah. I think he's apart, been from the, apart from the one he buys us apart from <laughs> the ones he buys us or he makes us um, but I, I, I think a few years back he was threatening to pick up something but I don't think he followed through I think it might have been the harmonica something yeah but uh, no no, he's uh, he's a great man for picking out instruments and uh, making them and stuff but he's not um, he's not uh, no he wasn't be a player now and so did you did you pick up the instrument did you did you pick up the guitar first or did the three of you all kind of No I actually bought my guitar with my confirmation, confirmation money yeah. um so and it was this cheap old guitar and and it wasn't because mom and dad didn't you know encourage us for music it's just before then um apart from me singing none of us ever really kind of took a shine to music like like as in we never decided we were going to perform yeah. you know it wasn't a it wasn't a goal or anything so I think I, with us as well as a family anything we did we always had to give it a 100 
hundred percent. Do you yeah. know, we, we didn't do things in halves. Like if you were going into a hobby or a sport, you were going to give it a hundred percent and you were going to go to all your practice and stuff like this. Yeah. So you had to be sure that you really wanted to do it. Exactly. So when I, I bought the guitar with my own money and just because I was like, here, I'm going to show you now that, <laughs> that I'm going to be good on guitar. And now here I am, I can only play like four chords. But anyway, um, but I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think seriously, since she'd been singing from such a young age, like she was always singing around the house and, um, yeah, I did like, I had family gatherings and stuff like that I'd be thrown up on the table and I'd only be like three yeah. or four and I, you know I'd be singing and I always did like the crazy thing is like I always did sing mm-hmm. I don't know where I got the confidence from but yeah. um, I always did perform and, and that's not a kind of big headed thing I just w- I always enjoyed performing and then when I did pick up the guitar and stuff it was, the idea was to just accompany your accompany singing accompany myself yeah. yeah and to think now that I'm accompanying trad tunes is not something that yeah. I'd set out to do <laughs> at all yeah. you know I would have told you to go away if that would be the case like that's the way it is like so if if i if i pushed you and i and i made you say a name that you wanted to be who like back then you just finished your your confirmation you got your money you're getting your guitar who did you think you wanted to be who was my inspiration who were you aiming to be I actually, yeah. would you believe, I actually wasn't really aiming to be anybody. No. I was, was being Saoirse. I was very being, honest. Saoirse was I, too dittery. Saoirse yeah, was away with the I fairies. I think I've always had this superstar mindset, really. Um, <laughs> just like once uh, once they all see me with this guitar, I'm going to be like unreal. Huge. Um, I'm going to be huge, guys. Um, no, but it was just for me, like I said, it never crossed our mind that we wanted to perform. Like it just wasn't yeah. this, I never looked it at an artist. It happened on accident. Yeah, it was. Like yeah. I, I can honestly say, I've never looked at an artist on stage and thought that could be me. I always appreciated the artist that was there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's only until now that we're doing it professionally that I'm going, well, I should be up there now. But yeah. like, you know, but beforehand when I was looking at artists and stuff, I was like, they're really good and you know, they're yeah. really nice. And then I'll go, but I'm going to pick up my guitar now and sing an old song. Because like that, I was never playing guitar to perform on stage before Aslan or perform yeah. before Bagatelle or yeah. do it in front of a crowd at Disney. It was yeah. never, it never crossed my mind. And I find that the I interest... Think, yeah, it, it kind of shows as well because we then started, I was asking to play violin for about two years before I was actually allowed to pick it up, I suppose. And I started in classical. So again, it wasn't like I'm going to pick up the fiddle to join in with Saoirse yeah, or we're going anything to be the next like that or yeah something. It, it was never like that and Kira progressed and then, then onto the flute I was the youngest everyone else was picking up something so I had to have my my yeah. in there as well so what was it then was there a tipping point that pushed you towards the the traditional music side of things <laughs> yes yeah, the it was called grades in classical music yeah yeah the girls were um were struggling <laughs> Uh, not well. They weren't struggling, but they weren't enjoying it. Certainly struggling. But they weren't. In, they weren't enjoying the grades, and they, it wasn't allowing them to express themselves in the way that maybe me over in the corner butchering an old song would do. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I, I suppose you were enjoying what you were doing. Mm. We were sitting there learning scales and stuff like that, which I yeah. suppose I probably should have finished them and learned them. It would have helped me today, but um, I wasn't enjoying it. I felt like I had not really to show for all the lessons and grades that I was yeah. doing, especially because, because no one's gonna like you go into a pub and you see people playing a session in the corner and they're having a laugh and stuff but no one's going to ask you to turn around and whip out and you know Vivalent. play William Teller or something like that no disrespect so. to classical music mm-hmm. though like we do enjoy listening to it or whatever but we do just, yeah 
it's just uh for us really it didn't it didn't really work i, I think it was just that irishness in us that you just needed a, an excuse to socialize with well, something it's funny that it never actually clicked with us beforehand because when you think back of all the music that we were listening to growing up yeah. it should have been our first option like yeah. it should, we should have went oh irish stuff obviously is what yeah. we should do but like i was doing grades and singing and stuff and i i was able to balance kind of having that being able to sing whatever you want and then the grades so it wasn't as it wasn't as kind of life-changing for me then when we moved into the whole traditional yeah. stuff um, but for the girls, it just wasn't um, allowing them to express themselves and and uh, really feel the music. And then when they did start traditional stuff, you just, we just found that it worked a lot easier. And then like every traditional, you know, kind of group that gets together, it just starts off by them playing a tune. And then somebody goes, oh, maybe I might be able to accompany yeah, that. And it's I'll not, throw a few chords behind Yeah, that. and just to make it sound a bit lively or something. It was never, you know, oh, yeah. this is going to be it. We're a band, guys. It's going to be huge. Like, it's it's funny the way that happens. Yeah. So what was the, was there a place or a group or, or a few people that that um, gave you your first taste of, of having that um, communal music? Like in the uh, session? Yeah, there definitely is one pinpoint place anyway. So we were really bad. Um, we, bad. We were really bad at the time. But like mom and dad would always be like, you know, trying to build up our confidence and bring us around places. But there was a pub um our local pub um and we'd go in on like a, our local pub. no but Honestly. like it was it was only like five <laughs> a local pub and uh, i'd say we were all under the age of about 13 i'd say yeah. um so we were all really young and um we'd sit in there from like five o'clock to seven o'clock we'd have a two-hour slot and it'd just be us playing with like no one listening but um <laughs> we yeah we just watch the confidence that's for sure well, yeah. i don't know if it gave us the confidence it probably just gave us no shame like if yeah, nobody was that, sitting that's there it. you would just you no just play anyway anyways, so. and it didn't matter how many times you butchered the song and we honest this is this is true now we used to get a lineup yeah no and, one believes uh, this. nobody <laughs> believes this it doesn't seem it possible do, it did now if somebody asked me to do this i honestly i don't think i could no but we had a lineup for was we, it like an hour gig? no it was two hours two hour gig but like and we had to write down 182 no 82, 82. pieces for the two hour gig to say we because butchered them all we would just play half the tune and go next next we couldn't speak in front of crowds or anything like that so it so was nervous. just two hours of constant playing yeah. all these really half, bad tunes like, and it's for a small bit of abuse at each other in between yeah, yeah. But really what, when you think about 182 tunes <laughs> because we'd be playing be so thinking. fast because we we were so nervous as well sure it was, the, the tune would be started and be finished already like yeah. i swear yeah. and then i actually remember remember having played the 182 yeah and then looking at mommy and go we've not we've left not. And be like, 20 minutes left of the gig and she'd be like are you serious and she's like start from the beginning be like okay here we, we go have to repeat again <laughs> 182 again it's crazy when you think about it. people honestly think we're lying but it's but like we'd come back and like what were we like 10 11 12 that kind of age and coming back absolutely exhausted thinking you're after putting in a full shift <laughs> sweating sweating like to bait the band and sure no wonder we were about 182 but, tunes nobody expect that so but like what was the what was the reception like like because is you couldn't have been that bad oh we, uh, were. No, we, were. we were we but were but in fairness they were very encouraging if, if you saw three young girls who looked fairly harmless and didn't know what they were doing you'd probably take pity on them yeah. and give them a few claps yeah, but most of the time it was quite it was quiet there. Like there was there wasn't many people there, so we were kind of just free to to do. Um, it was a safe space. The rest of the yeah. customers away. It was a safe space, and in fairness, in fairness to the woman in the pub, like we could have definitely scared everybody away. Yeah, I think we, I, we it would not surprise me at all. And and it's kind of small things like that where you go, 
right, I'm not that bad then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so then wh- where were you getting your tunes from then? We were in um, a local music school and um, I suppose we were doing private lessons as well. So any tunes that we got that we were learning that week, we'd go home trying to get her. Or most of the time we tried out our new material, if you would say that, but if you'd call it that. But we try out the new material then in the pub. And if anyone kind of gave us any sort of a clap, then, you know, that was a good response. Nice practice. That was in. But now, now, thankfully, we're writing our own stuff. So it's kind of, a, it's so been... So now when we do mess it up, no one knows. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we definitely don't play 100, <laughs> like 82 yeah. pieces now. Do you yeah, Do you think we could have a, a tune or a set of tunes, your choice, and then we come back and ask you a few more questions? Yeah. Yep. yep. Perfect. Uh, Cure. Something blue. Something blue. Yep. Super. Thank you. 
Yeah. Have you got me? Yep. 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 Sure. So what was the name of that? Something Blue. Something Blue. Um, if anybody has ever seen us before on stage, um, we're usually wearing blue and our mocha's colour we decided was blue. So um, when we wrote the album and wrote the tune, then we're like, we decided that something... You know, there, something uh, has to be linked I said, to... something has to be blue on this album, as in, uh, like, take away the fact that the whole album is blue. But I said, so one of the tunes need to relate to something blue. And then we were just like, here, sure, we'll, we'll call just this call one it. something blue. And that was the top process. And that was the top process. The big, deep True meaning. genius. <laughs> so I'm going back to the pub and the, the three are, uh, you've got your 180 tunes and you're, yeah. you're building your repertoire up and you're building your repertoire up. At what stage do you, do you put a name on it? We actually, that's what I was saying. It kind of came around by accident because it was local and people kind of knew of us. It was just because we were all sisters, it was named the Carty Sisters. So that yeah. just ended up sticking for years and it was a terrible name. So when uh, Real Talks Guelda came around, we kind of decided to take this as the chance to kind of make ourselves look a bit more professional. It was. It, it, only on took, it, it only took going on to national television <laughs> yeah. to decide. Just something small. Well, okay. that we have to emphasize here, we didn't go straight from playing 180 oh, something no, pieces. No, no. Oh, no. Uh, Big in leap in between to going on telly it was not like that um, <laughs> no, we definitely we put had, in the work and yeah. gigged around but and, beforehand we had opened up for Sharon Shannon then in the middle yeah. of all that and you know gotten a few gigs and Aslan. you know um, no Aslan was was Aslan you, before then or Bagatelle was it? Bagatelle I think it was we opened for Bagatelle um, and you know we're kind of gaining uh we're getting a bit more professional, you know, um, and kind of learning the ropes as as what it is to be on the stage. Mm -hmm. But again, it was just kind of this thing we were, people would come up to us. We did a tour with Sean Keane, actually. That was the big one. Yes. Um, and Louise Morrissey. And then yeah. that was when we kind of realized we were like, all right, okay, so this is kind of just coming to us now. So we're going to have to start acting and not embarrassing ourselves, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to start acting professional. Um, and then after all that, you know, we decided to go on Real Talk Esquelta. And uh, then we said, right, OK, look, it looks like that we might end up being professional musicians. It's just looking that way. Um, <laughs> just the so let's um, and we're, we weren't happy with a few things. You know, we wanted a more professional image. If, yeah. Like Nisha said before, if we're going to do something, there's no halves. You know, we wanted to go the full way. And um, so we decided on our image, on our look, on our color. Um, and that's how we came up with Mocha. We, we really said, put a lot of thought into like logo. who has a set color. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I we we've thought of everything like there is uh, there is yeah I want to make sure that this is it's very easily branded you know yeah, you can yeah, see we got the logo done um, yeah so it was before we went on national television we went look it looks like this might be a, a kind of real thing also, for us also we didn't want to go on stage saying we're the Carrie sisters yeah, yeah. it's too embarrassing it sounded like a country band it did it was terrible band. Um, and uh, so we wrote um, a tune and then we went um, on on to Real Talk Squelter with our new name and new logo and, and we're really with this kind of you know drive because we decided before then that this was this was when we we're actually going to take yeah. it it was really a turning point for us because yeah. we're going okay we're taking this seriously now this is it really like it seemed it was so long ago but it's really like in music wise it's not that long ago because it went from the tv then not too long we were over in the states and then sure the girls only came home in march so it's really not that much of a, a leap yeah. yeah so as in maka's history is just quite short actually yeah. but but filled with a, a lot of great experiences and yeah, opportunities and great stories yeah <laughs> so just for because there's obviously i'm in australia and there's a lot of australian listeners a lot of american listeners the the teen it's a teenage uh, program the real targets oh, i'm gonna screw it up could you pronounce it real for say it again so what what is it? 
Well, how, would you, how do you describe um, it? Well, it, it was in, I'm, I'm nearly sure it was in his first year when we started it. Yeah. Sure, would you not it just was. tell him what the name of it was? And um, stars, <laughs> stars, stars and related. So kind of like, you know, um, people who play together as family um, and they were just like a talent competition, I suppose. Yeah, it was it was a talent competition for like families. And to be honest, we 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 kind of just entered into it just to see, um, to kind of give us that drive to kind of get our act together, you know. It and we give us a push to start writing as well. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. Um, and, uh, you know, we decided to go on to it and it was for family members only and that kind of way. So we were we were lucky enough that way, you know, that we're all related. So we went for it um, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up just writing a few pieces and then, you know, that's kind of the way it went. I think we set ourselves a challenge. We weren't really expecting to get past the first round, but we were like, Not look, it's on telly. We have these new outfits made for us, you know, um, might as well give it our best shot. So we wrote one piece ourselves. Like most people were doing covers and stuff, but we were like, look, we might as well give ourselves this chance to start writing again um, our own music. So we wrote our first piece and we got through to the semi-finals or whatever it was. I'm not sure how many rounds there were, but but um, I, I do always remember that. Um, you know, we get we got through on the first one and we hadn't expected to get through on the first round at all. We really didn't. We showed up in uh, Mum had got us um, uh, jackets, matching jackets with the moccasins, matching uni jackets, matching uni jackets with. Yeah, with uh, with the Marcus symbol on them, um, just because I think everyone was just so excited about the whole rebranding and yeah. the, you know the the prospect that you know this. The Zik guys were professional. We also had t-shirts and as well. t-shirts yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and she we brought had a all t-shirt. the family up with us to RT Studios, all wearing Maka t-shirts. Uh, it was uh, so that's that shows you how committed the family are to Maka. And um, I tell you, sure. there's not a day go by that the boys don't uh, make some sort of reference or at least yeah. give us some sort of advice on how we should run our uh, run our <laughs> career, run our career. And um, even though they're only seven and ten, um, they uh, yeah they have they have a lot of <laughs> big ideas. They have big they ideas. Have a lot of big ideas about how this should be run. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah so who, who, who is the branding? Is is there one of the is there one of the three of you would be the um, the, the more branding oriented, the visual oriented? Um, uh, no. I, in fairness, I'm, and I think people don't think we're telling the truth on this one, um, because it doesn't sound re- something like sisters would say. But uh, we're actually on the same page a lot of the time in regards to the career we're very the three of us in fairness are very driven and we're and you know we as as the three of us you know a lot of people think that when they interview us and they might interview us separately or whatever that one person's going to say one thing for a goal and somebody else is going to say another thing but honestly I I know because we've had separate interviews we've nearly said it word for word um, and it could be any question but we all have the same goals and aspirations which is we kind of take for granted a bit considering that you know that's not the case with a lot of bands you know maybe somebody wants to go one way somebody wants to go another or they have a different vision for the music but um, we're we're actually pretty much on the same page for things yeah. and you know our goal is just to work as hard and get it out there and we're all very confident in our um image and stuff so you know in, in our branding and stuff so that it works kind of well can you tell me like I'm, I'm really interested in how these kind of talent reality shows work like i, I don't know if you're under an nda still with them or whatever but like what what is it like is it is it is it what you see is what you get is it is it is it full um full nerves full competitive like you would kind of imagine like what what is well, it to be like honest to, to go through the process to be honest for us it was 
we never went in with this intention of winning. Mm -hmm. So we didn't come in looking for enemies or not that you'd get any anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, an Irish, it's, it's Ireland. It's an like, Irish show, like sitting backstage. I think there was like, there, nobody really. Everyone's just trying to figure out who they know. Yeah. You know, and, and if they're related or, <laughs> you know, if, you know, if uh, what the story is, most people were rehearsing. Like it's a family situation as well. Yeah. So, you know, there was brothers and sisters sitting there and they were nervous and it was an all age kind of thing. So there was, there was small kids there that I remember just going, okay, right. I don't want to win now because I want that child to yeah. win in the corner. Yeah. I felt awful. Like yeah. it wasn't a, yeah. a thing of well, this is going to be a battle of the ages or, or you yeah. know, of the families or anything. Especially because we went in there, like I said, we were using it as an excuse to kind of write music again. And so we went in the first week, we had something composed and we got through to the next round, which we weren't expecting. And then we went, so oh then no, we were like, we're oh, going to have to write another piece. We're going to have to keep writing now. And we weren't <laughs> we expecting this. So we wrote another piece. and We um, had intended on, so say it was on Saturday, it was recorded. So we had intended that, right, Monday morning, we're going to start and we're going to write a piece yeah. now for next next Saturday. Okay, it's going to be done. And I, every they, single time. You know, before that, they send out an email and was like, look, the semifinals and um, the finals are going to be on this weekend. So have a piece prepared if you get through to the final because we're recording it the next morning at like seven o'clock or whatever. We're like, oh, you know, that's so early. Um, we're probably not going to get to the finals or anything like that anyway. So it's fine. We just wrote the one piece. But like Saoirse was saying is... I we remember actually dad was like, oh, do you want to book a hotel up in Dublin? We were like, no, we were like don't, don't worry be about silly. it. We'll be home. Don't <laughs> we'll worry. be home. Yeah. And then what would, uh, what would happen then is so Monday morning, we'd say we're going to write this tune now um, because we're, we're after getting into the semi-final and we're going to write this tune and because it's on Saturday. And then Friday night, yeah. we would uh, sit there at like nine o'clock and go, lads, we didn't write any tune. So the night before, the competition we would write another tune or yeah. another song and then we'd go up the next day with only like an hour's rehearsal we'd have done. all the instruments out in the car on the two hour drive up to Dublin yeah. like practicing so fiddles guitars and all like yeah just, harmonies everything yeah. you know in Mammy's ear all the way up we've become professional since yeah we had well, a bit more a bit more but then then what would happen then is uh, okay girls you're after getting through to the final and then we're like oh my god like Not no no serious and then we're after we had to write another piece and then because we said no to book in a hotel we had to drive all the way home and then back up for like five o'clock in the morning yeah. the next day so it was it a was, disaster it was, to, to tell you it actually pays to be organized uh, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not and that's what we realized um after that uh, we on like that would just tell you we did not expect it wasn't this thing we're, we like we never went in with this entitled we're gonna get it and, yeah. and it's like, not that we're not first, confident even, no even the first round i remember we were standing behind stage and the the, everyone, all the performers were standing right by the stage waiting, you know, yeah. to see who was going to get called. Me and Serge and Nish were, were like way away sitting down on chairs talking to each other, having a laugh like, and then when they called us, we got such a fright. Yeah, they had to come looking for us to pull us out behind stage. Like, we're like oh. We were just sitting there just waiting until no, it was finished so that we could head home. Like it was because I was starving, like probably <laughs> thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner. But like it, it was it's not that we're not confident in our music. It's just I, I don't feel that we've ever felt that we're we're entitled to anything that yeah. we've been given. Yeah. Um, and that's really a, a big thing for us Um, that, you it's know, showing our appreciation. Well, I, I think with our personalities as well as we don't we try not to take things too seriously. And if something doesn't go your way, it's yeah. not the end of the world, yeah. which you is know. probably the best way to be with music industry. Especially because when you're performing as siblings as yeah. well yeah checking in fairly badly but we usually just forget about it yeah later. yeah <laughs> fighting is, is such a frivolous thing for us like we can we'll argue for hours and then then it's fine like it's it's literally like the minute we get up on stage it's it's you just not forget even to be mad and you're like oh, yeah no. especially when it comes to gigs and performing like yeah, everything's forgotten thing, like, when you stand and, on stage but it's so funny because our, our on-stage personalities are the exact same as our off-stage personalities um but except we're just 
you know, we just forget to fight, I suppose. That's yeah. the only thing um, would be the difference. Like, so uh, <laughs> that would be it, though. Like, you know, we I, still do skit each other while we're on stage. Like, there is a lot of yeah. there is a lot yeah. of making fun of each other. But um, I think people think that we're nearly putting this on. Yeah. And then it's only until they meet us after it. And then they go, oh, you, you're, you're really like, yeah. you know, and I was like, well, I don't put this accent on for jokes. Like, you know, <laughs> it's uh, I'm stuck with this. I don't like, like sounding like a bomber. No. Yeah. But that's the way it is. And I think that's the thing with a lot of people um, that, that they don't realize that I because I know a lot of musicians do have an on stage presence. Yeah. Um, Persona. But I think maybe we're just so overt and, you know, <laughs> well, I suppose you, you can what you get. With yeah. You, and you can't pretend to be something you're not, especially when you're working with your sisters, because yeah. they're going to call you out on exactly. it. Yeah. If you put yeah. like I like if, if you, you tried out a posh, posh accent, accent or said something yeah. and then you, you can guarantee the two girls are going to give you a look like as I don't if think why you play or laugh at you. No. If you put on a posh accent now. No. <laughs> The, the thing about the three of us, we keep each other um, grounded. grounded. Not yeah. that we've anything to be, you know, not grounded <laughs> over. Um, but, you know, that that's, that's yeah, that's kind of the way it is for us, you know, where, where because it's a family thing, um, it's always going to be, you know, quite close to home. And as well, working with your two sisters and um, you do realise that you do what's best for all three of you and yeah. not just as a single musician. Yeah, you know, you, you think, always yeah. consider... I think there is a bit of security there yeah. because we're related. You know, we do have yeah. each other's best interests. Yeah. So when we're moving forward in our careers, when we were picking out our colours, when we were picking out, you know, our outfits, our styles, it's always considering the three of us. It's never just, I look good in blue. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, how are we all going to look good? Is this appropriate for all of us to wear, for the younger one of us to wear? You know, for is it going to suit so-and-so you know yeah, is she going to be comfortable in is that, she going to yeah. be comfortable in that yeah um, as same with gigs like do you know do they mind doing this gig are they comfortable with this you know is this person okay to work with, with them you know and you always do consider and that's kind of the nice thing about working with your siblings that you're never you're never thinking about yourself and if it's going to be a risk you always have that second thought in the back of your head yeah. um, about the about the two others yeah I, I, I can understand that um, I, I, have you have you done Interesting. Have you ever, or have you played much independently, solo? No, no, no not at all. No, I don't think. Done a few flat competitions, didn't get anywhere, but that's about the height of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever picked up the guitar and, and played it on my own and actually enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, would that be something that would be nerve wracking or just just not so a, far? Not even out nervous. Of? It's just. It's just like it would be. It would just for me. It like wouldn't I, make sense. I, I remember out in um, Disney, um, Kira didn't come out in the second contract, and um, I think for me and Sarah should definitely notice that straight away because Kira is so funny to have in the background, and you know, just making you laugh on stage and whatever. But um, it's like losing a limb, really, because yeah. you're you're losing a third of your show, and even your show is not just the music. Your show is the chemistry on stage, which is yeah. something that people always mention uh, when they're looking at us. That the three of us together is is part of the entertainment. As well, and also, lose. most of the skits on stage are aimed at me, so I don't know what you spoke yeah. about. Yeah, also, it seems either. that uh, Kira is everybody's favorite, so <laughs> yeah. honestly, that was losing a lot when she left. <laughs> yeah. um, we lost a lot of business, but then, like, <laughs> but then, like, um, it, when it was just myself and Sersha, and say Sersha was ill one evening and I had to play with someone else and perform with another guitarist or something like that, like, it was great, and I, if I could learn a lot from it and I'd go back and I'd tell Serge about, oh, he played this, he did this, you know, but um, it, it just wasn't the same. It just didn't feel like it was my gig. Like, it, I felt like I was kind of, I don't want to say my gig, but like, I, you know, the two of us were meant to be performing that night and yeah. then mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't really feel like I was present in it, yeah. you know. Yeah. The um, Real Tiger Skelter, was that, um, 
who were the judges there? Who, who like who were the people? There that was Shalini were... Ulukan, who uh, who was a presenter on TG Cahar, and there was Ronan O'Snody from Keela, um, a fabulous baron player, and the other one was Aoife Scott. Aoife Scott. Yeah. Right, and it, so is that where you you kind of forged your your friendship with Ronan? Um. Yes. Yeah, it was he like we have we met him beforehand, you see, um in in at gigs and stuff like that because yeah. we used to go to Keela's gigs. Um and we I did went come to a, a Baron workshop to see him as well. Yeah, went to a Baron workshop and everything and he had heard of us before. Um but and you know, we would have kept in contact, but now like, you know, I could call Ronan up any any kind of day of the week and even and if it doesn't I am. <laughs> even yeah. if it doesn't I am, yeah. And uh, you us, know he'd always give us advice. He's fantastic for advice. I know I was having some issues there um a few months back and the first thing I did was contact him and even if he didn't give me you know the answer I wanted per se it was he he's always he yeah. always had like a, a calming kind of assurance and that he's like well what are you stressed he's never stressed he no. I, I find he's yeah. never stressed about anything. I'd love to live in his head and for a I day came up and I was on the phone and I was flapping and I was stressing and he was like but sure like that's just it that's it that's just and life. I was like well that doesn't really ha- that was like he's, that got did- a, he's got a good point though yeah, yeah. I, you know he makes uh, it, he did, it does help a lot and sometimes you need somebody like that just to go well is it really that big of a deal and then because he has so much experience then you just go actually yeah. certain maybe he's right maybe it's not a big deal and there is it's there is comfort in that that he has so much experience and that there is somebody out there that you can call um, like our new single call on you um, <laughs> no I'm joking but, um, yeah. no I'm joking uh, but uh, no there is somebody that you could call to you know give you that kind of advice and uh, I, I I suppose even our family is still shook by the by the fact that that person that we are calling is Ronan Sonny who has been um, an, an, an idol for man an and idol dad. for our parents yeah. they've been listening to them since before I was born um, and they absolutely adore Keela and the fact that I can just call up Ronan mom and dad on a FaceTime like, this gun has gone yeah, yeah. They, he FaceTimed us a few times when we were out in Florida and I think mom and dad are just sitting there like oh my goodness like this is just not something that like you know, <laughs> we'd, we'd be in work like and we'd miss a call off Ronan and then on your break you get a call from mom going you better answer that you better answer but that but I suppose when you think of it like at the perspective of mom and dad were just teenagers listening to Keela yeah. and then now to have their children you know FaceTiming or, or whatever and, and you know we, we, we would consider him a good friend like mm-hmm. I suppose for them it is that surreal experience that's the first time I was really actually proud yeah. um, to be a musician yeah. um, no not that it wasn't before but when I could see the effect it had on mom and dad yeah. and the fact that they were like girls you don't understand they were, like, this yeah. is the, he's an we got in the us. car we got in the car after we were talking to him and like they started crying just going I can't believe mom yeah. was completely starstruck when yeah. we <laughs> the first time, yeah and dad I remember when we were um, in, in studio with Ronan one time that uh, he brought his friend in and his friend was also a massive fan and the two of them kind of creeped in around the corner and just children they just stared at Ronan for about like 10 minutes and they were whispering to each other and I was looking at him like what (laughs) they were afraid to go near him yeah because that's how much of an idol he was for them and for us it's just we're just three young ones being thrown in the mix and then he's just a friend and you know you you would skit and you would talk and you know you converse um, about music and stuff like that. But but he definitely is like a, a massive. He's a for all he's a of us. he's a mentor for us a hundred percent. But it it was just funny when you think like our parents. Um, that that was a big eye opener for us when you know we would consider him a friend and yeah. the two of them are standing there just like God. And these are the kind of experiences you can yeah, have in this job. I was yeah, we were really proud of the fact that we could get Mam in to the gig and she would sit up there in front and she would talk to Ronan after the mm-hmm. gig and she's just like this is amazing experience. But for us it's normal. But like you know. It, it's great to be able to give family members stuff like that. That that was probably the first time we were super proud of ourselves for that. 
it must be really nice too knowing that you've got an an ally that's been through the industry and knows the 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 workings of the kind of ins and outs and what needs to get done on the on, in the um well it's it, it is a business in the end of the day it is and that's it with me with musicians you know, you can't, like, not that you can't, but you won't often find somebody that's going to have your back 100%. Yeah. And I know... Gatekeeping, I suppose, know, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're not, they're, a lot of people are going to be threatened, especially in the in the industry that we're in and the way it is now. Oh, yes, you know, such, we're such a threat. <laughs> no, 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 not us, I mean, but, like, gig-wise and stuff like that, you know, it could be, no, not necessarily everybody's going to have your back and say, hey, look, yeah. I thought you could have this gig. Most of the time, they would go for the gig themselves, and rightly so, yeah. and rightly so, they should. It's just the kind um, of business it is. But it is not... Not often you're going to. It is not often you're going to find somebody who you can call up and you can say, "Look, this is happening right now, and I need your help." Yeah. Instead of them going to use it to their advantage, which honestly, yeah. I don't. Or think- even like after creating an album, Huge. sending them on a few tracks and like, "Look, what do you think of this? Give your honest opinion on it." Do you know, and like, you don't want people that are just going to tell you, "Yeah, it's amazing," and then when it comes to it, they don't actually like it. You know. You can actually have someone with musical experience mm-hmm. that's going to turn around and say, look, I think you need to add this. I think you need to take this and like, out. To call them up and not expect anything from them apart from a few words. You know, yeah. it's not it's not that you're, you're the type of relationship where you'd go, right, look, I want you to get me this. I'm yeah. using you as a con- as a contact. contact. It's not the yeah. case. You know, it's just a genuine friendship where you can kind of just bounce stuff back and forth. Do you think we could have a tune? And then I'd love to really get into what happened in Orlando. I have a mixed relationship with Orlando, so I'm interested to find out what you did. Yeah. Perfect. I think we'll do a song. Will we do Call On You? Yeah, we'll do a song. Will we do Call On You? And, and then finish. Lovely. You carry the weight of the world on your back. It's like you're always set on gold. Oh, we're running ahead, no time to look back Trying to keep up, they talk too slow But you feel like home Yeah, you feel like Always something to prove I've never seen you rest easy But when time slows down And no one's around We're left staring at the ground But you feel like home Yeah, you feel like home And where you run I will follow Cause you feel like
correct that that was actually called Feel Like Home. I thought I was going to sing Call On You, but I just sang Feel Like Home. Sing what's in the heart, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> uh, it just started and then that was <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah. I think what you meant to say is music just pours out of me. Yeah. yeah. It's just what my heart wanted at the time. <laughs> so winning the, t- the uh, Teenage uh, program, what, what did that mean for you? What did that look like? And then what, what did that mean in, in, in the kind of days weeks months after it was the first time um that we had actually kind of got not recognition but like congratulated for writing our own music it was a, it was <laughs> a know? much bigger step than ever before really yeah you know? and it's not wasn't necessarily about winning it was the fact that our music could get us being played on telly really but the fact that, that we the music we wrote got us to win you know it, it was it, it would have been something different mm, if we had done yeah. covers and then and then won you know it would have been like okay we know we're capable of playing but the fact that it was our own music and that's how we won using our own talent and our own creativity that meant more to us than anything because it's definitely a huge compliment yeah because then we realized okay maybe we can actually write music kind of good you know um <laughs> decent you know that maybe we're actually kind of good at performing and not, not that we were down in the dumps beforehand but it's just everything is a confidence building experience and that was the kind of w- the point where we turned around we it were was really yeah a wake-up call to say kind of like okay hold on this isn't going nowhere it you was know? <laughs> it was brilliant because everything everything that we had decided to do worked so we decided to call ourselves market we decided to wear blue you know have our outfits made by uh marion murphy cooney and an irish designer um from nina in Tipperary, and um you know we decided on our logo and and to write our own music and to be irish speakers and all this kind of stuff so every decision we had made which basically defined what we were during that entire program we decided you know to stay ourselves and to you know keep our humor and our you know the fact that we were sisters and the normal slagging that goes on when you are sisters making fun of each other all of that was the same um, and so we really stayed true to ourselves on that kind of front and the fact that that's what drove us to win uh, that whole package really was uh, a big wake up call for us going okay maybe we have something here that you know that not everybody else has and that's that's kind of what that was and then that's when we got the call from Disney from yeah. Mickey Mouse um, and uh, yeah Mickey Mickey Mouse rang personally personally <laughs> cool experience no. Uh, we had a meeting and like <laughs> I said earlier but anyway we were meant to go out originally for two weeks over in Paddy's uh, Pat- in March then for it was pa- six weeks and then it was six weeks and then it turned into a nine month contract and, and, and we had the meeting in July or August and um, then we flew out in uh, September we were actually meant to come home in April yeah and then because our visas weren't up they were like I oh, should just stay another yeah so we stayed out till June and then um, we were home for a month and then myself and Saoirse flew back out again uh, unfortunately we Kira was left behind to um, do a bit of school continue her studies let's do a bit it. of school yeah. yeah so then yeah it ended up being a year and a half then altogether 
So p- paint the picture for me. What, you were playing in a place, was it Raglan Road? Yeah. Is that what it's called? So like, can you kind of describe, for, like I I didn't actually go to Disney World when I was there, but like, what, what, what am I thinking of? What kind of, is it in the resort itself? Is it an Irish pub? Is it a theatre? It's in the it's in Disney Springs, so it's where all the shops and the restaurants and stuff are. But like for us, it was uh, it was this crazy experience because <laughs> because um, it was the first time we had performers um, in front of us, as in like Irish dancers, and we had to play to backing tracks and click tracks and everything. So to go from writing your own music and being like I suppose this creative um, force, and then to coming in and and, and learning. And then uh, there's the whole there's the whole kind of Disney part of it where you're you know playing fiddle, walking in between people's tables while they're eating the and theatrics. stuff like it's it's so theatrical as well. Like you really are like there's a difference I suppose we learned between doing a gig and then putting on a show. You know it was that was a that was a show and then usually we were used to doing gigs like you know. Also on paper we were technically Disney princesses, so that was a big flex. No, we weren't. We were. We were. We were. Yeah. Disney princesses. Yeah. yeah. And all the male performers were princes, princes as well. Yeah. Yeah. How did you not know that? Wouldn't that was, I, I that didn't. was my biggest flex of being there. Serious? Yeah. An yeah, Irish princess. princess. Did you know what you were getting yourself in for? No. no. Like, did you... Did no. you... No. No, what, had, what we had been so told So then, was, what, can I ask first, what did you think... What did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be a few few gigs on a Like patio. a pub gig. Like a pub at, gig. At home. I, I didn't... I didn't expect there to be dancers and click tracks and it's it's really a show. It, it is a That's proper what, yeah. production, like you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. It was a really big learning curve because the, a gig at home is really different from a gig um, over there. You know, it's yeah. like there's different humors. There's different. You know, people. Um, the first thing getting past was. Uh, it sounds funny, but it, there was nearly like a language barrier, and like we we do speak quite fast, and everyone was saying that we speak fast, and they couldn't understand us, and like we're still speaking it's the English. Good accent, that's yeah. yeah, that's it. It's the good thick accents on us, but um, like you know, we're we're all speaking the same language, but like the humor's different, the jokes are different. We have to kind of sit down and realize what's gonna what's what's gonna, gonna go down well. Yeah. What's gonna go down well? It wasn't the same at home. Like you could literally get up in the mic and you could go, "Come here, go away," and like yeah. and everyone laugh, and, and everyone laughs, and then it's just such a casual thing but out there there it's not a casual thing you know it, no. it was well for us anyway because you do have to learn your audience you have to know what they're going to react to and and that is the whole point of being an entertainer do you know sometimes you actually have to think about what you're going to say you actually sometimes. have to think about what you're going <laughs> to say you can't just say whatever comes you might to mind. believe it from listening to this interview <laughs> but um but that that's yeah that was it was a big big learning curve and that was kind of where we realized that oh it's not just one gig and that you can travel everywhere with this gig it's not going to land all yes. the time you're going to need to change certain aspects of stuff to fit it and that's just part of being a performer and that's yeah. something you have to learn See, to me that that seems like a huge like just a, a make or break uh either, if you hadn't have got it in that time that would have broken you because it just because you were all quite young at that age like at that time yeah. Yeah. to to be able to be um nimble enough and, and smart enough to know and see that that's what it's going to take did you did you have someone from the theater theatric side that could help guide you or was it just all well, on your yeah, lap to yeah, true, produce truly. something 
well, yeah, we did have a singing teacher that kind of gave us the confidence. But like to be honest, a lot of it was pick up on the job. I yeah, found yeah, yeah, learn I found on the job. I found a lot of it was just learn on the job, and that's that's what you do. But then again, if you meet any musician, most of the time it's going to be learn on the job anyway. Yeah. You know, you learn by performing. You don't learn mm-hmm. by practicing. It was a whole um, different thing because you'd expect that it's your music that you'd have to kind of practice more on. But like the music lands wherever you're playing it, and we found that from gigging around like in certain places around the world like the musical stick and the musical land and yeah, people appreciate that and it's not that you're changing yourself you're no. not changing your personality but, but I, I suppose found with people out there that they wanted to get in on the three of us but they just couldn't understand do you know what I mean no but like I meant like we would joke on stage and then the the humor yeah. and the whole uh, chemistry between the three of us always lands back here people get it straight away and you know I, I don't know if you've seen the live streams but it, they get it you know they get yeah. it straight away once they know us or even here once they see us but yeah. over there people were looking at us laughing and they were going I was like was, okay tell us what's funny t- yeah literally we had people coming up to the stage going what was so funny tell me what yeah. was, was yeah. so funny and then we'd be like okay we have to okay of- so we're sisters and um, yeah, so it we- was just funny and then they're like okay yeah I get that but that was that was really funny. Yeah, so we had to learn kind of how to mess and joke and be ourselves, but in a way that it, the audience didn't feel like they were left out. Yeah. You know that they were just as much part of the joke, which which is what we do when we're on stage. You know, people want to be in on the joke, and we want them in on it as well. You know, usually we want the joke is me. I usually it's Kira yeah. or something. <laughs> but it was to learn how to make sure that our personalities, which we realized are a very important thing, yeah. sold as well as our music. You know, and that that was um, it's just a lot of learning to do, and we're still learning you know so is it is so much of it so i found even just like moving out here you know what i mean it i would have spoke a lot faster yeah. um and then we i suppose we've got like just as irish uh we don't often say the thing we're, we want to say we kind of paint it in a roundabout you kind of like take the scenic route to get yeah, to yeah. the point of where you're going so there's a lot of it just because you you three have a chemistry, your sisters you're gonna you're gonna end up speaking at a million miles an mm. hour. Was a lot of it just trying to get yourself to slow down but keep an energy? Yeah, yeah which was quite hard. We yeah, we always had people telling us to slow down like constantly. It's like what you say about the chemistry, like we'll just complete like we don't even realize we do it. It's not rude or anything. We just completely butt into each other's sentences and then probably end up finishing what the other person yeah. was trying to say in the first place. Yeah, and like a lot of times when we're on stage, we could just look. We don't even have to say anything. We'll just look at the other one and we'd all go into a burst of laughter or whatever. And it's like to be honest we're not really sure what we're all laughing about but we're, we know that we're all laughing and we're mm. you know it's just mm. things like that that it's hard to explain to the audience when you're on stage but um but yeah, yeah they haven't been told to slow down and then but then a lot of times you know you'd say you'd say a, a joke or something and it just goes past people's heads yeah. and you can see it in their eyes yeah. that what you have said just makes <laughs> does no not register sense no. and then i'm kind of sick and i'm sitting here going that but that was really actually kind joke. of funny that yeah i wish funny. you had got that i wish you got that because yeah. you would be laughing if you did like yeah. you know and it's, i'm a funny person i am i have humor like i'm still feeling that i still feel yeah. that over here i'm uh, myself and Dom, unfortunately, like you, you didn't get to meet Dom in this chat, but yeah, it, like, it happens all the time over here. Particularly because he's he's from Ballycastle, so when me and him get to spend some time in front of our like Aussie mates and like the little village that we live or whatever, we can just go into it's a, into that kind of banter and kind of saying things in a queer way. And then you just get that look, that kind of like the people smile and they they nod along with you, but you know. 
it's it that's empty yeah <laughs> yeah you, you actually, like, they don't know what's going it's on it's kind of like when you speak to someone individually after a show like when we spoke to some of the americans yeah. after a show ourselves it was grand we were calm and talking properly you know but then the second a sister comes up to you you're just back being a bogger again and no one can understand yeah and i think a lot of people especially <laughs> out there because most of the cast out in raglan road is irish well it was at the time anyway but um like so we were all talking like that normally and then a person would come up after the gig and be like okay but what do you really sound like and you're like no like this and um, they're like no 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 that's your character what do you actually sound like you're like no I'm really Irish like and they're like but no I- you're not and like no I am like this this is my princess yeah. accent yeah. I always found that once uh, once that they they kind of got, got onto your humor it took a lot of the time because there was a lot of Americans around us we did have a lot of American friends and they absolutely loved the gig they loved yeah. you know the crack that we always had and we did get along really really well yeah. but once they were in on the humor then they were in on the humor yeah. you know it was like yeah. they they really got it and they really kind picking of up the lingo they picked yeah. it up they realized that making fun of somebody is it's not insulting. Yeah, no, yeah. It, you know what I mean it's not it's not a personal thing like if somebody said look at the head on you they would take you know they might have taken that personally before but then they kind yeah. of just, we're you know we're friends now and then they go oh i get it now it doesn't yeah. actually mean that like you know you're going it doesn't mean there's actually something wrong with my head and that's know? just how we speak about anything like yeah. you know so, it's and <laughs> um, but that was that's kind of a great thing that i know a, a lot of people appreciated that because they're like i just love the fact that you're still on stage and that you're still using this stuff and it's going past people's heads and or, or if they do get it you know what i mean they might do pick they they might do pick up on it you know no they might pick up on it and stuff so but it is Mm -hmm. about trying to make it inclusive for everybody because i don't like people feeling that when they're at the gig you know they're missing something and i want them to get the full mock experience so yeah all right well look we're we're over an hour into the interview and so i'm guessing if anyone's listening this far in they're a big mock fan or they want to know more and i want to ask you truthfully like what did you like living in Orlando and I as I said before like I'm bringing my experience and I'm going oh I didn't have a great experience so what did you like living there because it's a strange town I thought I think for me personally because I only done um about nine or ten months and then the girls went back out I think I did enjoy it a lot but I was ready to go home by the end of it like I had like it was a great experience it really was and I learned so much and I have so many memories but I was ready to go home by the time my contract was over. Yeah, I, I think I think you have to remember when we went out there, Kira was 15, yeah. uh, I was just gone 18 and you were 20, seriously? Yeah, I was 20 um, there. I had my 21st out there. Honestly, to be honest, now, I was absolutely living the dream, like performing every day and yeah. as a professional performer. And, you know, you can say you're a professional performer at home, but I was performing six days a week. I was yeah, literally... Being, for like six hours a day. You know, I was yeah. being put through literally the, the mills. You know what I mean? I was... I was really be living the life of a just, performer. Just you on your own. Just no, Saoirse. I wasn't I'm even about there. My experience. <laughs> I can't talk for you. And Saoirse, you had there. your own opinions. We're even there. there. <laughs> but um, the only time I went to Disneyland, I will. Yeah. Um, no, but I found personally it was a big wake up call for me. Everything was a learning experience, and um, I, I was I really enjoyed it personally. But, but like all things, you know, you do miss home and stuff, and then you know you get home and then you start eating mommy's food, and then you realize, yeah, I probably could have missed it a lot more. Um, I suppose we had that sense of independence that we never had. Were mum and dad over there with you? No, 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 it was just the three of us. Yeah, okay. And do do do, do Disney look after you then? Like, are you, are you properly looked after? 
they yeah, told, we oh, were yeah, looked yeah, after yeah, so yeah. well. Yeah, it was um, the three of us. Um, so mom came over for two weeks uh, just to sign contracts and stuff for Kira because obviously she was 15. So then after the two weeks, she went home. And um, then we had our apartment. We were all set up, like you know. They really, in fairness, yeah. they really looked after. We had us. an apartment to ourselves. But you have to remember, like when you when we talk about uh, the experience out in, in Florida, it was a home away from home because it was the three of us yeah. in an apartment on our yeah. own. So yeah. it wasn't we like weren't we, it. we weren't roughing it. We weren't separated. We weren't or starting out in this yeah. new life with this new yeah. experience. You literally just could have taken us also, from here and took us out yeah. there, and we would. Also, you're living in an apartment complex with all the rest of the Irish cast, so you just walk down the stairs and you're in like you hear. It, Irish accents yeah. all the time yeah. Yeah. and in you fairness know, like they, like I said they did look after us yeah. they always made sure we had but everyone's going through the same struggles they're like, like lads I would kill for a for a curry chip and there's no curry here or whatever yeah. like, you know, there, there is that normality like it's, yeah. it doesn't you know you didn't feel like you were on your own at all you never felt you were ostracised or you were different yeah. because there was loads of people out there you know who were in the same boat as I'd you I'd say the uh, the Irish community probably took over that apartment complex I would imagine <laughs> so I'd say they were tired of hearing all the bother yeah. accents like out there um, yeah. I'd say when their heart is coming everyone walking around. around with sunburn yeah <laughs> all the all the pale burnt people um, but that was yeah it was um, that I thought it was a great experience and we had each other so yeah honestly it didn't I, feel that weird we myself and Sarah were meant to come home in april of um 2020 but obviously with uh covid we came back in march but i think we both agreed that we had kind of um it just felt right to be going home anyway like it was a shock we only had a few hours um notice to get out of the country and go home like with covid but um the, i suppose we were kind of like you know what it's not the worst thing in the world because we were ready to come home and kind of start building up our fan base and I working felt, on I think we felt our audience we, at home. But because we had lost Kira for the yeah. other few months, we went, yeah. right, we're, we are gigging mm. and we are, you know, performing and stuff with just the two of us. Yeah. But this isn't really mocking Mock it, in its yeah. true form. And, you know, we wanted to get home and we wanted to get Kira back in and yeah. make an actual go of the market that is the three of us. Yeah, you know? and this is... I'm going to be fierce big headed by this the This is... <laughs> yeah, no, but it was kind of like, this is Maka in Disney World. Yeah, it's, it's not, not yeah worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. <laughs> no. So then, at what at what uh, conceptual stage was the album here? When had you started working on it when you were over there, or was did the album kind of come about when you came back? There was a few pieces written, as in a few songs written from a while back, um, yeah. but it was it there was nowhere like it was nowhere near where where it is now. Like you yeah, know, like it, those those songs that she had previously written were like stripped down and stripped down and yeah, built back up. Yeah. But feel like home, call on you, all that stuff is is um, feel like home is reminiscent on when I was back over there and how it did feel like home. You know, as long as you have certain people around you, and call on you was written at the beginning of and when we no came. Home. Felt like home when I left. And then Kira left, it. and it doesn't feel like home. Exactly. And uh, but then at the beginning of the pandemic, then we wrote "Call on You" as well, and um, you know to express the feelings we were having at the time and the confusion and everything. So you know that kind of stuff was written, and then we went into studio with all that in mind. And uh, we couldn't have written the tunes um, while we were out there because we needed Kira, you know. So when we came home, everything there was, was one or two that were written, like obviously before we went out to America, even. Oh, because Ragra, Ragra was composed for Real Dog Esquelta. So. There's not one song or tune on that album, even though we were apart for a while, that hasn't been written uh, as a three-piece. All, yeah. all three of us have an input in, yeah. in all of it. Um, so whether it be the tunes and the songs and everything, the girls have massive input on the songs. People generally think that, you know, I just go in and I write the lyrics and then I come at them. But, like, they have a massive input on the song because it's, at the end of the day, it, it's their music as well as, as much as it is mine and it's their words as much as it is mine. You call her out when she's being too cringy. Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone has their say on everything, so. This might be a, a bit of a strange one, but you know, you mentioned you had kind of Maka, Maka 
let's call it Disney version, yeah. right? Now, and, and you're coming back home and you're looking at um, recording the album and building a fan base. And the, like, I'm going to be interested in this because I work in advertising and I'm interested in brands and stuff. But is, was um, Maka Disney, was any of that, how much of that was transferable? Uh, the- like, can Could you take those fans with you? Yeah, we actually have a, we have a massive American fan base at the minute um, and I that we weren't believe, expecting. I can't believe how well they've taken to our original stuff yeah. because I was afraid that although we've made all these fans and a lot yeah. of people, like I know we always go back to this personality thing, but a lot of the people are invested in us, um, our personalities and who we are as much as the music and how we, it's all about how you, you know, give the performance. Um, and they, Which is such a huge compliment. It is really. You're not interested at all. I'd say, like with our new album Spiral and um, obviously we see like people buying this album uh, the CD online and stuff. I'd say most of our posts goes to across the to the US, yeah. like people buying our CD. Majority of yeah. our fans would be there. But yeah. the fact that we could transfer them from the, you know, the likes of singing Spanish Lady and everything, and then to coming back and going, right, yeah. here's an original tune that's yeah. way out there and that's not like anything we do. And they still, you know, support us is a massive, like, is a massive thing. Like, you can't take that for granted, like, at all. Yeah. You, you mentioned the personality and, and and your online streaming and stuff like that's that's why I wanted to talk with you. Like this, this interview will be so different than any of the ones that I've gone before that. But when I was thinking about it, and I knew it was going to be the four of us having a chat at the same time, which we've we've never done. Or we did it once before, but we're all in the same room. And I thought that's that's why we should be having a chat because this is what I really like about what you're doing is right. So you've obviously you embraced covid from a um, an opportunity to to write and record and get your album out there but then again this is my probably my personal uh, my professional life slipping into my personal life I, I, I enjoy good branding and i enjoy seeing things come together that you know i can point out and understand and when i started seeing your live streams and seeing the banter and hearing the the energy back and forth then completely backed up with great music i'm like that's that's completely why you would turn up every week waiting for the live stream to turn on because you know that you're not only you're not only seeing something but you feel like you're well you've you've i think because the three of you are so good with your stage presence you're delivering a it feels like a bit of a live show but because it's from your attic or a living your living room you kind of feel like you get to hang out with the three of you yeah. for in, in, in like whatever it is an hour which is pretty special and not many artists have been able to to do the, the let's call it the covid live stream weekly thing like it kind of it's fall a lot of it's fallen over i think you've only kind of got stronger which is which is great thank you very much and you know i think part of it too is just your your i think your age and what like what i love too like so i'm, I'm in my 40s but i'm always watching how people interact with different things and like the three of you constantly even when you're on doing the live performance, you're checking like you you got your phone, you're checking different um, live feeds, your comments, you're keeping it you're keeping it interactive, you're keeping it back and forth. Like that's all I love that yeah, stuff. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Well, it was a big like I said, it was a big learning curve for us to come home and to decide to do something like that. You know, and we definitely did want to um, portray that feeling of other people getting yeah, involved. Yeah, like, because it's not just us playing yeah. together. We kind of wanted input from other people, and you know, see how everyone's getting on. I, we, I do hate- get, we do get so many comments under it, like, and we do, we pay no mind to them to be honest. But it's like, I usually laugh stop at looking them. at your phone. You know, get on with it. Stop talking. Play the music. You know, this kind stop of thing. Shut up. Your phone, but I have a request. So how yeah. are you going to see it if I'm yeah. looking at my <laughs> Like, you know, we yeah. laugh about it afterwards <laughs> and we, we read through all the, I suppose, hate or whatever you'd want to call it. But like we laugh about, but 
the thing is we're really putting on a gig and a show and it's like you're we're welcoming you welcoming you into a, like an hour into our lives I suppose in a way that it's the three of us we're sitting here we're playing a few songs we're having a bit of a chat because one of the major things that we did at far was to, it was like um, an escape for people during COVID that they could just know okay every Saturday those girls are going to be on and you know uh, I can know a lot of old people like, would be yeah. watching and yeah. they would know once Saturday at 9pm yeah. came on, we were live. And it wasn't even just to see us and go, oh, isn't, aren't I the pinnacle of your week? But it mm. was like, there was this, uh, when it's time like didn't matter, yeah. when time didn't matter, you know, that was something. And I know like, um, that was th- constant. there yeah. was people, you know, there was older people who go, and now I know what, it adds yeah. some sort of structure, yeah. even to our week. If it wasn't even for you, it was to our week. And then yeah. there was Definitely other people. benefited us a lot. Yeah, because yeah. there is a drive then. Otherwise, like a lot of people, they just fall into the abyss um, of, of the lockdown and yeah. they, you know, if I had waited, I say this to everybody we we were interviewed by. If we Especially had, actually me, if I had waited, because I haven't been performing, like yeah, I hadn't yeah. performed since June of. 2019 yeah, yeah but we so. say, I say this to everybody on the interviews that if like I came home in March if I had stopped playing when I came home and then picked up when the gigs were arrived back like there was I would lose everything as yeah. in like the sanity the, <laughs> yeah well that and just the natural you know the natural feel of being on stage and yeah. talking to people and you know that's the thing you have to learn and if you do lose it it's another thing you have to learn again and yeah. it's twice as hard getting back on stage but I think that's like what I, was, what I was saying it was just so important that like okay you can give out and say play and whatever if you want to do that just go listen to the album on Spotify you know we're not talking we're not that. we're not doing that if we make a few mistakes during the live stream we're not going to get in a fuss about it we're not going to start panicking because it's a casual thing that we're just trying to give everyone a bit of a break and ourselves a bit of a break from everything that's going on around us at the minute like you know and for people like live music is, is it's a gig so we're going to have a chat also and drag on incredibly because if we were just going piece from piece yeah. and not saying a word in between, we, we might end up doing 182 of them. <laughs> we figured out it, it we're not going back there. We're not going back. But yeah, no, that's why I just think it's funny when people write that kind of stuff underneath it. It's like, we laugh about it afterwards, but like, it's just silly. <laughs> it's just silly. But it, and it's 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 just it's that kind of um it's your interesting like if you're into if you're a, a Twitcher or if you're like watching other kind of medias, people are used to seeing streams of, of text like scrolling past on the right hand side of the screen or whatever and like you, you need to comment you need to comment about the comments like that's mm. how. Yeah. That's how well, you feel I feel involved. a lot of people. You know what I mean? I, 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 I feel a lot of people have thanked us for the live streams, and and we've gotten so many positive. Like I cannot. When like, we came home, first of all, we had three thousand likes or followers on the page, and because we weren't really active that much over in America, and then at the minute, I think we're over fifteen thousand. But or like something. the amount of comments, have, and they're so genuine, and there's something that we've never experienced before. Before the pandemic, people would, you know, they would go, "Thank you so much." For, and and yeah. this is not to toot our own horns at all, but to know that people really, really do appreciate the regularity, the the positive, the fact that it gives someone a bit of you know of yeah. a lift or a smile or a laugh. It's something to talk yeah. about. It's something just to, you know, for us even as well. But people have um, you know responded so positively. It's crazy, and it's something we weren't expecting. Um, and they said just the fact that you're even just chatting and just you know kind of talking to people, giving somebody a shout out. Like literally, they people would email us after going, "Thank you so much." that's made my day you yeah. know that's made and you know and that's not to toot your own horn that's it's so nice to I hear think it mean, them, them saying that just means a lot more than anything else really you yeah. know it's such a huge because compliment. we could have just taken this time for COVID just to sit back, and you know, and 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 just do nothing really. Like I, I, I don't know, do the leading search. <laughs> I don't know, maybe study or something. But um, no, like I think we, some people really see that you know we're not just doing this for ourselves. Like we actually do take the time out 
like if it's the only once a week it's still something you know to go out and try and do something with our music to try and make even if it's a small difference where you just take someone's mind off everything for an hour like so be it you know it's worth it well Sosha, Nisha, Kira, thank you so much for this morning. Um, do you think we could have one last tune or a set of tunes to, to finish Absolutely. up on? Yeah, well, let's do double time. Yeah. Thanks what do you think? Thank you so much. Oh, for you know what? Us. Sorry. Before, before I wrap up, I forgot a huge, huge question is where. So we spoke about uh, your Saturday live streams. Um, so are you continuing to do them? And if you are, where can people go and, and, and um, see them. I think right now we have a lot we have a lot lined up um, in regards to gigs online gigs and stuff like that and now is the and time where behind, behind the scenes behind the, the scenes stuff so we have a lot of people approaching us so I think we are taking a break we might possibly be doing I think we're doing like three or four Patrick gigs St. Yeah. Patrick's Day gigs um, on different platforms and stuff so we'll have to mm. that will be coming out very soon um, we will be on Irish Music Magazines you know for Pat Magazine for Patrick's Day at 3pm on their page yeah. um, but all of our previous live streams are all on our Facebook page um, kyol.maka or maka anyway you'll find us maka music on Facebook we're on Instagram and stuff like that so you we should be easy enough to find but um, yeah if you want to go back and have a look the other big question is to buy your cds where, where's the best place where do you prefer people to get on our from? website which is www.mockofficial.com um and yeah it should be available on our website and uh did i, I say too many w's there it felt like it was too many no w's. i don't think so but yeah look that's where you get it it's on spotify it's on itunes all the w's. Uh, get it while you can <laughs> it's on yeah it's on uh, it's on all streaming platforms here <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. Honestly, that was that was brilliant. And as I said, it, it's very different than what we were used to. And I, I really appreciate you um, setting up all the setup you had to do to get it to work. So yeah, like if you if you could give us a last tune, what are you thinking about uh, playing? Double time. What do we do? Double time. Yeah. A song or a tune? Tune. Oh, sorry. I I still all these years later still say tune and song interchangeable. So I'm sorry. Whatever you like. <laughs> We could do time, call yeah. on you. If I you think want. call on you. Yeah. All right, okay. You may give me the first line. <laughs> Carry. No, that's not it. Thanks, Maka. Okay, we're going to do double time then. Here we go. Here we go. It's call on you. I know that you'd be lying if you said that you're taking this well Because I haven't seen you in a while and I know I'm struggling too And it's hard to fake a smile when you feel like it's all going wrong Like me, you're sitting here wondering what's going on Call on you. The evening's getting longer, and I feel I've nothing better to do. 
Nisha, Susha and Kira Carty, thank you so much for that. That's Maka. Um, I've mentioned that at the top and, you know, it's definitely worth checking out Maka on their, on their Facebook. It's where I know them from, so just make sure you like them, uh, follow them over there because when things come up, that's going to be the best place to, to check them out. Um, in the show notes for this episode, I'll also have linked to the... Irish Music Magazine concert. It's happening on St. Patrick's Day. There's a whole lot of stuff happening there, so that'll be real interesting to see what happens. Um, outside of that, I think it's um, just head down back into lockdown. Keep yourself safe. Um, keep yourself entertained. Don't get carried away thinking about the bad stuff. There's lots of really nice things going on, so make sure you pay attention to all those lovely things that are around us all the time. All right. Um, I'm pretty feeling pretty loved up this evening, so... Uh, Look after yourselves, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Oh, I forgot to do the plug for Patreon. You know the score. It's it's what puts food on the table. So if you can chip in, please do. Patreon.com forward slash Polani Pilgrims. It's a short one today. All right, this time go on. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This project is supported by the City of Greater Geelong through its COVID-19 Arts, Culture and Heritage Recovery Grants Programme. Anya bye ya. Hop.